Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back on his feet quickly enough. Trippy is boy for Kane and Tom Lee. The man who did the damage here last season put Spurs ahead. An afternoon where they haven't been convincing, but they take their chances and leave 1 0. A goal steeped in controversy because Huddersfield felt they should have had a free game. This is just absolutely top draw from Harry Kane. So, back the road as he goes down. That's a penalty. Easy decision for referee Paulson. Well, he missed one earlier on Lucas Mora. Doesn't miss this one. A little quick. Maddox Bajanai. There's not a lot of contact. Hello guys and welcome back to yet another edition of the last one on Spurs. Now guys you shouldn't need reminded by now but I'm going to remind you anyway. You can follow the last one on Spurs across a variety of different platforms. We are of course on Twitter at last one on Spurs. You can also find us across Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. The show should be for you guys on iTunes, Acast, Podbean. So hopefully if you're listening to the show it's going to be on one of those platforms. Now on this evening's show we're going to be looking back at Tottenham Hotspur's win over Huddersfield in the Premier League. And then we're going to be looking ahead to Barcelona in the Champions League. How about that for some kind of contrast from Huddersfield to Barcelona. And we're going to cover the Carabao Cup draw. So enjoy the show and off we go. Let's introduce the guys talking us through the next hour of all things Spurs. We are delighted to hand out our long-awaited debut to Abby Summers joining us tonight. Abby, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Yes, not bad, not bad. Abby, sorry it's taken so long. It's great to have you on the show tonight. Thank you for having me, finally. Don't be silly. No problem at all. Hopefully the first of many. And joining us tonight, along with Abby, we've got returning to the show, of course, John Mannings. John, how are you coping? How are you? <laughs> yeah, evening, mate. I'm all good. Looking forward to it. 
good, good, fantastic, lovely. And joining John tonight, we have got another John joining us. We've had to pay him to be called Jay tonight. We've got the brilliant John over from Lily White Rose on. John, how are you? Hello, Ricky, mate. Good to be back on. I don't mind being called Jay for a night. <laughs> no problem at all. Well, we really do appreciate it. We're delighted to also have you back on the show. So, guys, let's get straight into the weekend's action, which saw Spurs beat Huddersfield. Let me start with you, Abby. So, Harry Kane's brace Spurs move back into the Champions League, places in the Premier League. Two goals for Kane makes him oh, the second highest scorer now in the league, only behind Hazard with five goals in seven games. Not bad for a drought, Abby, eh? Not too bad for a drought. To, to be honest with you, he actually looked far better than I'd seen him in quite a few weeks. He actually looked like he had some pace behind him this week. I know it's only Huddersfield and he does love to score against them, but I think it does so much for his confidence. I think he's obviously been playing through the fatigue or anything and everyone's been getting on his back, or not the fans, but the media, whatever, saying he's too tired, rest him, blah, blah, blah. And I guess he just shows everyone that he doesn't need to. He's, he's, he's perfectly fine just doing what he's doing and he'll, he'll be back to his best. I mean... Five goals already, isn't it? I think mm. it's five and seven or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I Not mean, too bad. That's so true. And John, coming round to you, that's John Mannings. That is, as we said, John. You know, I think you said it on last week's show. This drought. What kind of a drought is this? If it's a drought, then those many of the strikers would love to have it. Oh, mate. I think the, the, the thing that makes me laugh about Harry Kane is, is like I've said, like he, he's the king of boiling piss, and <laughs> I love him for it so much. Because it, yeah, all right, we've had all this stuff about fatigue and, and everything, like you just said, but. He managed to score two goals pretty much without moving on Saturday. He's got a, a a nice header from a standing position and a penalty, so he's still banging in goals even when he just even when apparently he's, he's too tired to be playing. So it just shows how good the guy is. I think you consider like what annoys me about the whole thing is how we don't like the rest of the country does just doesn't want to celebrate him. Which mm. I can listen. I understand. Fair enough. If he played for Arsenal, I don't suppose I'd have his name on the back of my English shirt, but. <laughs> What I'm saying is you get Channel 4 making a documentary about Mohamed Salah during the summer because he won the Golden Boot in the Premier League. How about we have a show a bit of love for one of our own? Well said. And it yeah. really frustrates me. The geezer's got more Golden Boots than he's got feet. <laughs> oh, John, always good value for money. We're looking forward to the next hour, John. Thank you ever so much. Jay, coming round to you, lots of positives and a few negatives, obviously, from the game at the weekend. Two goals for Kane, as John has mentioned, but Lucas and Son... Jay, really Jay nicely. Rose looking like he's you know, coming back into himself. And likewise, you'd maybe argue now, Winks and Wanyama adding some real bite into that midfield in the second half. But of course, as we've said about negatives, we had the injuries to Vertonghen and Dembele, where you would argue it looks like we really paid the price, Jay, for trying to match Huddersfield physicality in that game. Yeah, I think, you know, Huddersfield are a very limited side and they really remind me of Stoke of when they first came up with, you know, the long ball tactics, physicality, as you say. Um, so I think we had to match up to them on that basis. Uh, I think we did that very well, dropping back Davidson Sanchez back into the lineup. He was mm. superb at the back, won everything, uh, first header. So, um, yeah, you know, as you said, it was good for Winks and Wanyama to get those minutes as well. There were some uh, losses in losing, possibly, uh, for, for Tongan, but, but there are some rumours that he may be back now for the Barcelona game, which would be positive. Um, but it was just about going up there, getting the three points, recording our fourth away win out of five and getting back in the top four. Agree with that, agree with that. And we talk about the top four coming round to you there, Abby. You know, tremendous results over the weekend for Spurs, wasn't it? We know Man United, Liverpool and Chelsea all dropping points. And suddenly this Spurs team that's apparently in crisis, we say a couple of weeks ago, they're four points off the top of the Premier League. Can we win it, Abby? <laughs> uh, can we win it? I mean, <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't go that far. 
Um, but I think that we should definitely be up there and definitely be trying to cement finishing. You know, I know everyone's got Liverpool nailed on pretty much to win it, and even despite City and how good they are, um, which I think this weekend's a massive test seeing them both against each other. Um, but I don't know. I, I, you never should say never. I think that our main focus has to be winning something, um, whether that be the Carabao Cup, FA Cup. I think we really have to be putting our eggs in, in those baskets and trying to win something because it's all very well finishing top four and we all want Champions League. That's great. But at the end of it, we need to have something to show for it for this team that Pochettino's built and, and all the effort that's been put into it. And, and Kane, especially, you want you want to mm. see him win some honours at the end of the day. Of course. I think you're spot on there, Abby, because I've always said on this show it would be an absolute travesty if this Tottenham team under this current regime of Pochettino and you know the staff there, it would it would be, wouldn't it, John, coming around to you, it would be an absolute travesty, as I've said, for this Spurs side not to go on and win something. Yeah, of course it would. I think the, the thing is, as each year passes, we just get more and more desperate for it. Mm, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. Like when you you know you consider that, say, if we win something this year, that'd be 11 years. And what what worries me is we're in danger of going a whole decade without, oh. in terms of like a calendar decade, if you know what I mean, without winning something for the first time since the 1940s. Now, it's something that, all right, our, our trophy wins have been pretty sporadic throughout history, regardless of, you know, whether it was, a, uh, where we're talking about golden eras or shit teams we had to endure during the 90s, like we've mentioned before. But there's always been the odd smattering of trophies. And it's just, it's just a shame because it's not so much of an even playing field anymore. And there's a lot of financial doping that goes on in football nowadays. And unfortunately... Until we get ourselves a, an Arab Sheikh or a Russian oligarch, I think we're, we're never going to be pushing mm. for the league, unfortunately. Mm. Regardless of who the manager is, I think the thing is, I think Pochettino is becoming a little bit of a victim of his own success in, in as much as we all expect more, we all want more, but mm. it's down to him that our expectations have grown so much. So there's got to be a balance there. Obviously, we, I'd, I'd take any cup. I'd take the Intertoto Cup. <laughs> Can we get the Peace Cup back? What about the Peace Cup, John? Can we have the Peace Cup still? <laughs> We'll go all out with the 23s for the Checker Trade trophy. <laughs> it still counts. It still counts, John. <laughs> the thing is, in all, in all seriousness, Rick, you, if you, like the one the example I always go back to is when Mourinho first turned up in mm. England and his first trophy was the League Cup. Yeah. And obviously well, he's, well, John. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. Mm. And I think, you know, all right, Mourinho's going for a bit of a sticky patch at the moment, but that was what kick-started the success. You know, you, you hear it so many times from especially past players and especially players of the 80s Tottenham players who <clears throat> who say you know that you get that one and it gives you a belief and you can go on and do it again and that's what we need we need one and then quickly we'll need one to turn into two and two to three for example so mm. listen I just I, the, 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 my problem is maybe call me happy clap or whatever I love Tottenham it'll always be my team and I'm not it's not like I'm ever going to give up on them. So I will see us win say it again one day. I just don't know how soon it might be. Please, God, John. I hope you're right. Your mouth to God's ears. Coming round to you, Jay. Um, we mentioned about injuries, and Jay, you specifically touched upon them. Mark Butcher says, very good game before Barcelona. First clean sheet. Kane again on the score sheet. We looked good, but slight worry. The injury list is starting to build. I'm sure you echo those thoughts as well, Jay, don't you? Yeah, I mean, look, the injuries are, are starting to build, but we do have a decent squad. I mean, we, we always hear arguments thrown down our neck that we don't, we didn't sign any players, or um, you know, what if you get a few injuries? Well, we've proved that time and time again. People like Eric Lamella stepping in, and I've got no doubt if he has to play Wednesday instead of uh, mm. Christian Eriksen, he'll slot in that number ten role. You could have H up front with a back behind him of Son, Maura, and Lamella in the ten. Mm. 
and you know they will cause problems for Barcelona and any team they will cause problems for. So we've got strength in depth. You know, Vertonghen comes out, Sanchez will slot in, or Dyer could go into a back three. Um, so I mean, we've got high quality all over the squad. So you know, all teams get injuries. We're suffering at the moment a little bit, but we do have those players to come in and cover. Okay, fair enough. Abby, bring it back round to so you. A question in here from Janad Ilias, who says, "Are the injuries to Jan, Ali, Musa, etc., signs of the heavy workload taking its toll, or if so, should we be worried, or have we got enough cover in the squad?" What do you think, Abby? Um, I mean, it's hard because obviously they all came back so late from the World Cup, so obviously course, things yeah. do take its toll and straight back into the team and playing, you know, every every week. But I think that it's. First, for me, I absolutely adore Harry Winks. I think he's got mm. such a big, bright oh, future at Tottenham. Um, I think that it's a good chance to see him step up. I mean, when Yama hasn't been a permanent fixture in the side for over a season now, it's good. It's a good time for him. If obviously Dembele's out, if he is, if he isn't, um, and, and like like the guy said, with Lamella stepping in with no Ericsson or no Delhi, it's, it's a good chance to see them and how they work all together. I mean, the one thing that we have got, especially with playing Mora and Son and Lamella, is pace. So that's something that we necessarily haven't always had in recent years having pace but I think it's a good it's a good time to see how how good our squad actually is and the players that might be on the fringe or aren't getting a first team it's time for them to step up that's what they're that's what they're earning their stripes and their money for isn't it I agree with that totally agree with that just bring it back to the team from Saturday just a reminder guys that Tottenham reverted to a back three with Vertonghen back in the side Gazaniga continued in goal with Kane captain in the side there were also recalls in the first team for Danny Rose and Eric Dyer with Lamella surprisingly on the bench after scoring in successive games, but you would maybe argue, coming round to you, Jay, that I suppose resting Lamella for Barcelona. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, he's been in a real rich reign of form since coming into the side. Mm. Getting used to playing back-to-back 90 minutes takes some time for the body to recover from. So he might have found that playing three, four games on the spin as he did um, has let, left his body feeling quite tired and fatigued. So he's needed this respite period now to come back fresh for Barcelona. I mean, look, Barcelona rested Messi. Yeah, there we you rested go. Eric Lamella, two Argentinians. <laughs> there you go. Um, that's the levels. So let's see how that goes. Yeah. And John, coming round to you, is that the sign of respect to Tottenham now that Barcelona are leaving Messi on the bench to come and play Spurs? I mean, you know, years ago, you might have laughed at that, but that just doesn't that say a kind of an indication of how the reputation of Tottenham is building, not only just in the Premier League, but across Europe now? I'm laughing at it still now, mate, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> they, they, may, they may well have done it for that reason. I mean, obviously, I'm not, I've not followed it. I don't really um, follow the Spanish football, so I'm not quite sure what's been going on. I know they've, uh, they haven't won for three games, and mm. I know that they've, not, um, they've been flattering to deceive a little bit. But, listen, if that's what they have done, then that's, you know, that's a, a massive sign of respect for us and shows how far we've come. I think if you've got, who in my mind is the best player on the planet, and uh, they're resting him and saving him for us, then, you know, that's, like I say, it's a massive show of respect. I like that. I think the fact that it's, you know, obviously it's a massive game for us. Like, I'm buzzing. I can't wait to get there Wednesday. Oh, of course we will. Yeah. The thing is, like, it sounds like, you know, Barcelona, and then, you know, they're not, they're not coming for a jolly up. They know they're going to be in for a battle. And if they've, (laughs) you know, it's, Oh, mate, I'm just so excited. I can barely talk about it. <laughs> I can tell, John, I can feel your nerves and your excitement from here. It's a mixture of both. I promise you guys, we have got a big Barcelona preview coming. We've got such a big show. There is so much to cover, guys. We're going to try and do our best to throw in your listener questions as well. I'm going to come back round to you, Abby. In that first half, it did appear that Vertonghen looked to pull the muscle, but he did seem desperate to carry on, which he only made it through to half-time. 
And obviously now he's a massive, massive doubt. I know Jay said he may return for the game against Barcelona. It still seems to be touch and go at the moment. Not having Jan as part of that defence of Barcelona, it would be a big blow, wouldn't it? Because you would arguably say he's probably been the best centre-half at Spurs for what, oh, the last two two seasons at least now, Jan. Absolutely. He's be, he'll be massive, massive loss if he's not in the side. Mm. Um, I, I don't know. It really depends how, how they're going to try and do it. If, I, I can't even think about how he's going to set the team up because mm. with always with Pochettino, sometimes he just throws a little surprise in there um, just to throw everyone off. I remember that Madrid last year, I think he started Lamella. And everyone was like, well, and then or Son should have started or it was at Juventus yeah, or something. Yeah, but I mean, it, yeah. It's, it, yeah, but it's, it's a massive loss if he's not in the side. So, I mean, let's just all hope and pray that he can come through it and mm. it's not too bad. I mean, the fact that he played on, I guess, it obviously wasn't that bad for him to not to mm. come off straight away. So maybe it was more precautionary. Maybe it was not as bad as they first thought. I don't know. I think you just have to be really hopeful on that one. But I, I don't know. I quite rate Sanchez. Sanchez is actually having quite a good season, in my opinion, yep. so far. It's always nice to see Toby back in the side. Um yeah, so I'd, I'd rather not see Eric Dyer at centre back, personally. <laughs> on based on his current form, I'd rather mm. not actually see him at all at the moment. Um, <laughs> but there you go. Abby's made her thoughts uh, clear. She's definitely on the fence about that one. No, no. Do you know what? I'm such a bit. I'm usually such a big fan of him, but at the moment, I don't know. His head is just gone. I can't. Mm. I can't even work out what he's doing at the moment with himself or what. And the same, similar to Ben Davis. I don't know what they're both oh, been doing true. over yeah, the summer, yeah, but it's, it's mm. not working for them. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think we should all just start praying that uh, Jan's going to be fit mm. and just hope for the best. <laughs> I tell you, no one can question Abby's honesty in these first 14 minutes. She said it as it is there. There's no absolute question there. Coming round to you, Jay, just in terms of that first half, Mora, you would probably argue, as you've brought him up you know, already in the show, he looked like the player that was matching Huddersfield's desire in that first half. You know, Spurs, you'd argue, we did start off fairly shaky. Huddersfield having more of the possession. But, you know, Mora, to be fair, as we said, he broke down the right in that first half. Found Trippier, who crossed superbly for Harry Kane to head Spurs in front. What did you make of the goal? It was it was lovely, mate, as you said. And that did start from the desire of Mora. I mean, mm. the jump on him is phenomenal oh, it for, is. for a man who's not that tall. He <laughs> seems to beat everybody in the air. Um, so it was a real pleasure to see and he plays with a real sort of street style if you know what I mean sometimes you see him kick it past people and then he controls it with his back to goal and spins around he, he's got a lovely style about him it's very unique to him um, so yeah and again the delivery by Trippier was superb and that'll get some people off his back I've seen some people on Twitter mm, you know moaning yeah. about his end product and, and people trying to tell me that Aurea has got a bigger upside that's just bonkers to me he <laughs> <laughs> um, divides opinion Sergio doesn't he Jay he divides opinion um, yes, yeah, so I'm a big fan of Kieran Trippier, uh, mm. and, I, and you know, hopefully he pushes on and continues to deliver assists for Harry Kane. I think I've read a stat that he's delivered seven assists Massive. for Harry Kane yeah, yeah, in the last took, season. Yeah. You actually took the That's words out of my mouth, John. He did, yeah. Like I say, no player's providing more Premier League assists for another player than Kieran Trippier has for Harry Kane, the seven. And bringing it round back to you, John, to Kane, his second top scorer in the league now with five, 113 goals during 160 Premier League games. Just to put that in some kind of, well... Again, to predicament and perspective for you, Kane's 113 goals in 160 games. Ian Wright managed 113 in 213 games, John. Kane's record, as we've said on this show many times, John, it is frightening, isn't it, in a Tottenham shirt? Ian who? Never heard of him, mate. Yeah, never heard of him. <laughs> who is he? Never heard of him. Who did he play for? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he was dead to me from when I was about seven years old. Oh, fair <laughs> no, listen, he, listen, that's, that's, um, that's madness. When, when you consider... Mm. You know, when you when you make these comparisons, obviously we had it recently with um, when Harry equalled uh, Jermaine Defoe's club yes. scoring record in yes. in was it a hundred games less or something That's absolutely right. ridiculous? 
And then when also you see him, you know, compared to players like Ian Wright, you know, legendary Premier League players. And it's just so impressive. It is so impressive because, like, no one, hand on heart, no one can say they saw it coming. And it's just, like, every time you see him play, you just think, you look at him and you think, he's not, he's not, he ain't, he ain't that quick. He's not, there ain't nothing, there's nothing that's like yeah. 10 out of 10 about him. It just, what, what about his physique? He takes the piss. His physique's improved a lot though, hasn't it, Jack? His physique oh, yeah. has improved a lot. Mm. Yeah. I think the thing is, like, for a 25, like, he's only 25 as well. That's that's the exciting thing. Like, oh, there's still course. so much more of him to come at Tottenham. You know, recently signed a six-year contract in the summer, didn't he? Mm. So, if he sees that out, he'll be 31. And I've got no doubt, by then, he'll we'll be... Um, Jimmy Greaves will be second on our all-time list. And I think, mm. you know, I think... All, all, the only problem that worries me a little bit about Kane is I think we are a Kane injury away from a little bit of a crisis, purely because... All of these injuries that have been picked up so far this season, unless I'm mistaken, are all muscle injuries, which all suggest to me that the fatigue thing is, is real. It is mm. because it's not like someone's been crunched in a challenge and they're going off injured. It's no, that's right. Like, yeah. pretty, it's all pretty innocuous. Like mm. If you consider the fact that Deli Ali managed to finish the game at MK Dons and now he's going to be missing for a few games. Hugo Lloris managed to finish the game at Old Trafford and he's not played since. And you now, obviously, Vertonghen comes off at half-time and we're worried about him now as well. And because it's all muscle muscle injuries, it does make me worry a little bit. Maybe it's a little bit of the World Cup hangover coming. But still, the massive positive for me is, as far as the team goes at the minute, we haven't, I don't think we've played one like really top-class 90 minutes yet. I think hopefully we're saving it up for Wednesday. But oh, fingers crossed, John. Hope you know, you're right. Well, you <laughs> keep hearing it, that we're not firing on all cylinders, which is, which is absolutely true. And if the result goes our way on the weekend... Say there's a draw up at Anfield and we beat Cardiff the day before. We're two points off the top. Oh, that's incredible. Mm. John, you're making us dream again, John. You're making us dream. Should we be allowed to do that? <laughs> well, the thing is, mate, this is but this is what happens when you when you believe all this crisis nonsense I know, I know. and you're not yeah. actually looking at it from a balanced point of view because when all that talk was going on, we all knew our next three league games were very, very winnable. Mm. So we went to Brighton and won, went to Huddersfield and won, Cardiff at Wembley on Saturday. Like I said, if we, if we take nine points out of them, yep. Liverpool were playing Chelsea and Manchester City. So, all right, it might stall them temporarily. We'll, you know, we'll find that out. But, like I say, if there's a draw there and we manage to get a win against Cardiff, then we're two points off the top without even playing well and without having a full strength 11 for any game. Mm. So, when mm. people are, are slating the squad and the depth of it, I think, like I've, like I've said a million times before, I trust that handsome Argentinian fellow who wears a suit <laughs> on the touchline. Yeah. He knows a lot more than me. And uh, I'm, you know, just, I'm excited. I am excited for this season. I really mm. am. I hope we end it in a new stadium at some point, and uh, it'll be it'll be a good one, mate. Honestly, mm. it will. When you said handsome Argentinian, John, you had to say the suit at the end for me to know you talk about because Gazaniga is the main topic of conversation <laughs> at the moment. I know the ladies are absolutely loving him. He must be having a great time on Saturday nights, that's for sure. Most certainly. Abby, let me come round to you. Um, Kane, as we've spoken about there, I mean, he's only played twice against Huddersfield at the John Smith Stadium in the Premier League, but he's already the top scorer at the ground since the beginning of the last season. That's an incredible stat, isn't it? I found that absolutely mind-boggling. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Anything he does doesn't surprise me, to be honest with you, even even with whatever they say about his current form, which obviously isn't too bad. Um, I think that's more of a reflection on Huddersfield, actually, and quite quite poor from... Stick with you, Abby. Danny Rose latched onto a son pass and went down in the box for, a, obviously, the penalty. <laughs> Abby, hand on your heart now, taking your bias Spurs view hat off. Was it a penalty? It's very soft. <laughs> very, very soft. Very, very soft. Has he bought but... it in? Has he bought it, Abby? Be honest. Come on, be yeah. honest. What do you think? 
yeah, yeah, he probably has. I mean, he's quite theatrical. He's mm. quite a theatrical guy. Um, but you know what? <laughs> so, it swings around about. Sometimes oh, you've got to have one. For example, that one against um, that one against Liverpool, the Son one. Well, exactly. We should which, my, which was yeah, which was nailed on. So sometimes you've got to take the luck, ride the wave. Jay, coming round to you. Danny Rose. Now, for me, I've kind of had my sound, Danny. I've mentioned it obviously a couple of years ago, how I felt about Danny's comments at the time. But if we bring it to the present now, Jay, for me, he seems absolutely determined to get himself back to that player that we loved in that 2015-2016 campaign where, as we know, from an attacking perspective and defensive perspective, he was just there. He looked like the complete, you know, fullback. For me, he's growing game by game now. And there's no doubt, as I've said, Joe, numerous times in this show, that he does have the potential, again, to be not only one of the best left-backs in the Premier League, but in Europe. Am I going crazy, Jay, or do you share, share that agreement? I would have shared that agreement at the end of the 2015-16 season. Um, he has he has regressed since then. That's partly with the comments he made. That's partly with the great form of Ben Davis last year, who was really, really top quality last year. Um, Danny Rose has sort of recovered this season. He started as the number two uh, to Ben Davis. He went away with England and gave a very good performance and got man of the match. And he sort of come back to Hotspur way full of confidence and has obviously impressed Pochettino enough to effectively become our first choice left back again in the bigger in the bigger games. Um, I expect, even though he played on Saturday, I expect him to start against Barcelona on Wednesday with Davis coming back in for Cardiff. Um, and I expect Rose to build upon his you know, positive and the number of starts he's had to push on and cement himself uh, as our first choice left back. OK, fair enough. And John, coming around to you, I mean, listen, you've had your say many times on Danny Rose and your thoughts on him. Reviewing him this season, John, the way he has, for me, he's really shown you know, a willingness to get his head down, really try and knuckle that left-back spot ahead of Ben Davis, who, Abby mentioned earlier, he's really out of form at the moment. Has Rose's, I say, this, this flourishing form come at the perfect time for us, John? Yeah, it certainly has. I think it's come at a good time for him as well, because I feel he, he pretty much lost 12 months of his career from... You know, he's 28 now. He's not a youngster. You know, he should mm. be in the prime of his career. And I think he realises, although oh, well, it's too late, really, that he shouldn't have gave that interview to the Sun. And it, it's a little bit, it's a shame for him because we'll always, you know, his memories of Danny Rose once he's gone will always be tarnished slightly by that. But if, you know, as we keep saying, if he can um, recapture that form, you know, where we had him flying down one side and uh, Kyle Walker at the time flying down the other, then we know we've got a top quality player there. Oh, we do, yeah. And the thing is, at the moment, you, I think what it, what it's been in the past, and especially last season, the amount of times we said, what has Davies done to deserve to be dropped? The answer was nothing. He hadn't, and he was keeping him out of the team. But Davies has not had a great start this season. He's He's been um, pretty shaky, I think, every time I've, he's played. So, it's Rose has just got to grasp this opportunity now. He's on a bit of a roll, and he's just got to keep it going. And... Uh, Abby, I think Abby's gen generous when she says soft. I think I was pretty embarrassed <laughs> by the penalty, to be honest with you. Oh, John. It's annoying. I'd rather he <laughs> gone through and levered it himself because yeah, he, had a, yeah, yeah. he had a chance there. A bit of an angle, but he had the chance there to get a shot away. And uh, maybe it's a little bit of um, game craft that, you know, our, our Jason likes to talk about. So maybe, mm. maybe uh, we can credit Danny Rose with showing a bit of game craft there. Mm. All right, Jace, that one's for you, a bit of Gamecraft. I'm sure you're listening in. Um, coming back round, guys, let me go round to you, Abby. So Kane dispatched that penalty. So again, some of Kane's stats out there, guys. I've got to read them. Scored 36 goals in his last 35 away appearances in all competition. Most away goals in Europe's top five leagues since the start of September 2017. Kane with 19, Amoble with 15, Luis Suarez with 15. I know we've mentioned Harry Kane already, Abby, and the way you know this guy is continually firing. 
if we look at the way the charts are at the moment in terms of Spurs' top, top scorers, um, I've got them here in front of me. So we've got Jimmy Greaves up there, 266 goals, 379 appearances. Bobby Smith, 208 goals, 317 appearances. You've got Martin Chibbers, 174 goals, 367 appearances. Cliff Jones is next on that list at 159 goals, 378. And Kane's 145 in 221 appearances. You would say, Abby, if he carries on his goal scoring, Kane is definitely going to literally eclipse well. It'll definitely eclipse Cliff Jones. 100%. I mean, I don't see... I mean, like we touched on before, mm. he's got a new six-year deal. I can't see him going anywhere, especially for the foreseeable future anyway. Um, I mean, you've got to put him at least in the top three for where he'd finish his Spurs career at, at oh, some hopefully. point. Yeah. Um, and, and also, I think he'll um, I think he'll knock Alan Shearer off the top of uh, Premier League all-time scorers. That's okay. um, that's mm. my theory on that one. There you go. Abby's having a say there, Mr. Meg. I agree though, Abby. I think, I think you're spot on. I do think in the end, he will, he will, knock, he will knock him off. Um, let me come back round to you, Jay, just on Harry Kane, because I want to give you your, your chance. You know, is there not an incredible stat about getting up ahead of Cliff Jones? Because Cliff Jones, also just to add, he was a winger. That's an incredible amount of goals for him, isn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, it, it, the, the thing I always say to people about Harry Kane and the number of goals is these aren't just goals. I mean, give Defoe, for example. I love Defoe. He's a Tottenham legend. But his goals in the whole were against Wigan, Famagusta. Um, you know, in Emirates, for example, scored at Stamford Bridge, Highbury, the Emirates, mm. Old Trafford. Yeah. Uh, didn't score any of those rounds. Anfield. Kane's done all of that. Yeah, you know, and yes, scored incredible. in Turin. He, he, these are big game goals as well. These aren't, you know, at home to hole and things like that. He gets those goals as well, don't get me wrong. But in the big games, he stands up. You know, he shows his, his quality and why he's a world-class striker for club and country. Mm. Let me stick with you, Jake. Just on Damington Sanchez. Now, again, before this game, a lot have been said about Sanchez, how he hasn't looked the same player this season and he seems to be lacking some kind of calmness. But I would say, Jay, I don't know if you agree with me, that in that first half, he did look one of the most calmest Spurs defenders. I even bowed Toby out of at one point. Mate, I, I always find this about Sanchez. I, I, you know, he's a young player. He probably needs a run of games to, exactly. to get, to get his form and fitness out. He's been, he's been mm. dropped in and out a little bit with a three or the two at the back. Uh, I mean, last year he was superb throughout the year. This year he's had a couple of, of, of not-so-high-standard games. But uh, with game time, his, his levels will continue to deliver. He's an excellent player, very young, vastly experienced already, played in European Cup finals. Uh, so... Yeah, I've got no doubts about Sanchez's quality and he was superb at Huddersfield at the weekend. Mm. John, sticking with you just on Davidson Sanchez. Um, it's a solid match, isn't it, John? As part of a returning back three where many have kind of criticised this back three of Vertonghen and Alderville that it hasn't worked this season. Do you think, John, that you know it's easy to forget sometimes that this kid is only 22 years old and we shouldn't forget what a wonderful player he was for us last season? Absolutely. I think, you know, the fact that he, uh, he came in with a big price tag as well, didn't he, at 21 years of age and... We've seen lesser players buckle under them kind of um, them pressures. And I think, you know, he turned up at Spurs last year and he'd only had one season in Europe and that was in the Eredivisie in Holland, which is, you know, it's not the notorious for being the strongest league in Europe. So the fact that he's, he's turned up and he's, he's flourished the way he has, I think, you know, it's down, no small part down to the fact that he's playing with two world-class centre-halves, in my opinion, the Belgian lads at Tottenham. And uh, obviously for probably 80% of last season, it was him and Jan Bertongen who was tearing it up. So... You know, they, he, he's, he's come in, he's settled in well. And uh, he, do you know what? He, the one thing that, about Davinson Sanchez is that you can't now say about the two Belgians is that he can only get better now. He's 22. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's and he's already, he's already one of the... Mm. I, I'd say he's in the top 10 in the league. There you go. Wow. And, you know, he, he's a very valuable asset. He's probably, you know, he'd be worth a few quid as well. But hopefully he God, also... Don't try to flog him, contract. John. Don't flog him for God's <laughs> sake, <laughs> on here. <laughs> <laughs> 
he also signed a six-year contract in the summer, so mm. he's not going anywhere either. So I think, you know, look at it like that. Hopefully, he'll be a mainstay of our um, our, our backline for a long time to come. And he's out. He could be our Colombian Lily King, can't he? Oh, fingers crossed, John. I hope you're right. I mean, he does show at times that composure that Lely did have. Long way to go, but fingers crossed you are right. Abby, want to come back round to you then. So, just in the game itself, we saw Pochettino with possibly one eye on Wednesday night against Barcelona, replaced the likes of Vertonghen and Dembele with Winks and Wanyama. Now, at the time, everyone thought, oh, it's great man management from Pochettino. You know, he's got one eye on another game. He's looking to change it up. And I think many were surprised to see him make two changes at the break. But we did know later on during his post-match press conference that obviously that was down to both Vertonghen and Dembele suffering injury and obviously we're now waiting to find out if they are available for Barcelona I, I just think it's I think it's all right I mean look they came off it was obviously a precaution I wouldn't say it was tactical in any in any sense of the word um but I think it's all right I think it's always good to get game time for the players that don't play that often. And, you know, both Winks and Wanyama coming back from long-term injuries. It's good for them to get the game time. It's good for them to see how they how they cope. And if they can play, if obviously they're not going to play a full 90 minutes, but if they can get a half under their belt and just it's just being back out there and the physicality of all, it's always good to see them get a run. So whether it was if he wanted to call it tactical or if it was precautionary, whatever it was, I'm always happy to see players that are on the fringe come in and do a job. And I think they did do a job when they came on. Mm. Sticking with you, Abby. You've already had your sound, this guy, but I'm intrigued to say what more you're going to have on Eric Dyer. So, as we know, Dyer slotted into that back three, taking up his place on the left. I've heard your comments of, him, of his overall performance. What do you think, Abby? Do you just think he suits better in a back three on a midfield? Or as you say at the moment, you just don't want to see him anywhere near the, <laughs> anywhere near the team? <laughs> I mean, I, personally, I prefer him in midfield to at the back. I don't think he's ever done that well at the back. Uh, maybe a couple of seasons ago when he was in between uh, and he slotted back in between Batongan and Toby. But I prefer to see him in midfield. But at the moment, I just don't... He just he just looks a bit shaky at the moment. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but it's just everything seems to be very difficult. Even like a short pass, a simple ball, it just, mm. it just seems to baffle his little brain at the moment. So... <laughs> I really want him to turn it around because I've always liked him. I've always been quite a fan of him. You know, he does what he says on the tin. Mm, really, that's, yeah. that's, that's, he's, he's never going to set the world on fire, but he, he does a job and that's what he's there for. Mm. Um, and he does the stuff that no one really ever appreciates, in my, in my opinion. But I hope he does turn it around. But at the moment, I'm, I'm just not feeling him. I'm not feeling him at the moment. It's hard because I've, like you, Abby, I've championed Dyer for so many years because I love his versatility. I do love, you know, we've mm. seen in the past the way he does, obviously, his protection of Ali in certain games where he's really kind of stood up for him. I've always been a big fan of Dyer, but it's hard to disagree at the moment that he's not in his greatest form and therefore I don't think anyone could be too disappointed not seeing him in the team. We've had so many questions on Dyer, so let's take a few. Let's go round to you, Jay. This is from 100. Grand Paul at Tony Fisher 300. That's not a bad username, is it? That's quite funny. Um, he I says, like that. I know that. It's not too bad, is it? He says, what does Eric Dyer need to return to being a dependable starter? Love the man, but his play is worrisome considering the state of Spurs' midfield depth at the moment. He needs to be calm. He needs to get on the ball and think about where he's passing it. I mean, mm. I've seen him so many times give away possession um, that's you know, put us in, in serious risk. Um, and it's just the simple passes as well he's not even delivering on now. So he yeah. needs to get back to basics and just focus on looking up, taking your time, finding 
you know, one of one of your teammates and picking out the simple passes. And then with that, the confidence will come to try the more uh, challenging passes. One thing I will say on Dyer is, I mean, if we had all our players fit, I would 100% be agreeing with Abby that it's time to, you know, put him out of the team for a little bit and, you know, give someone else a chance. But actually, when we're missing so many big characters in the squad, mm. as we might be at the moment without Ericsson, Dembele, in that midfield especially, I think you need some of your core characters. He's certainly one of them. I mean, he's captained England a couple of times in the last 12 months. It shows the sort of level and stature he's got in the game as a whole. Um, and I would certainly say that, you know, whilst we're missing so many other players, we do need some of our dependable core of the team playing, and he'd be one of them. Unfortunately, you know, I, I would agree that his passing has been terrible. Um, but I just feel with the injuries we've got, we do still need those, those regulars in there. Mm. Hard to disagree with that, isn't it, really? I mean, let's come round to you, John, because, again, more questions on diet. And I promise, guys, we'll try and get through as many as we can on the show. This is from Shriyas Rara, regular Shriya, I hope you're well. He says, should we consider trying Toby in Dyer's midfield position? He's clearly better at defending and also has an eye for a great pass. John, what do you make of that one? That's a very interesting one there. I think the trouble with doing that is you, you, you're taking away probably, the, you know, obviously one of the best centre-halves in, in the league out mm. of his natural position. I don't think we should start... We should start doing that. I think the problem, Dyer's problem in the first place was that he was a little bit of a, a round peg in the square hole. And I think if you do that, start doing that with Toby as well, it's, it's only going to disrupt the rhythm of the team. And I think that you don't want to be putting a player in a new position at 29. I think the oh, reason yeah, why Eric Dyer was, mm. you know, was he, he has chopped and changed. He's played at right back. He's played centre half, played centre midfield. I think he's only 24. And I think, he's, to be fair, I think he's found his place in midfield now. I don't think there's much point in us discussing it anymore. <laughs> he, he's not, he hasn't, he's, I can't remember the last time he started a game uh, um, in in the defence. I know he, he moved back after Vertonghen went off on Saturday, but I just, I, I don't know what, I don't know what it is with him. I, I, I think he is one of them players who he does look a bit, uh, he's lacking in a bit of energy. Does I he know his best position, that, John? Does, does he know his best position as well as a player, do you think? <laughs> I think, I think he does now. I think, you know, I know Pochettino said in his book that he still considers him to be a centre-half, but I don't know whether that's changed now. But the thing is, Dyer's going to get more playing time in central midfield because we can't seem to keep any fucker fit in there. Yes, the thing is, isn't it? Like, yeah. like Touchwood, Dembele's been all right until, well, until Saturday, of course. But yeah. we've had, you know, the, the major long-term injury problems I think we've had in the last two seasons, really. Have involved players who play in central midfield, and it's been a bit of a needs must kind of thing. But mm. I think, depending on the opposition and who's available, I think, like I said before, I would play Ericsson next to a midfield destroyer as like a quarterback type player in games mm. where we can afford to do that, where we're not going to be, you know, where we're going to have more of the ball. You know, you can, you, you know, you can't ask Eric Dyer to start picking assists from deep and stuff like that. It's not his game. But as John said, like he's captain England as a, as a midfield player, and he's he's played a lot of Premier League games now for Tottenham. He's been there for just over four years, and he's been, uh, you know, he's played in a lot more games than he's missed. So mm. Pochettino obviously sees something in he likes. I think all I would say about him and one or two others as well is that in the summer when we didn't sign anyone, the kind of narrative from people, from a lot of people, was that where do you strengthen? And I think unfortunately for Eric Dyer, we have seen that maybe he is one we could upgrade on. Maybe in January, or depending on who's available, or, or next summer for sure. And I think, do think he's playing for his long-term future this season. To be honest, based on what we've seen so far. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with that, John. I think it's an honest verdict of Eric Dyer. Um, just a final one we've had in tonight. This is from Dav Spurs at Dav Spurs. It says, should Vertonghen switch with out of form Dyer alongside Dembele? Vertonghen better on the ball. Where you say at the moment, I'd be very surprised if, if I'm being honest, Dav, that Dyer would be in this team, but. As John has said, I think dependent on our injury crisis at the moment, God, it's like Holby City at the moment. 
it's it's ridiculous. You know, it's scenes from honestly, it's scenes from casualty. It really is at the moment. We're going to come on to Barca and discuss that in more detail. But I suppose the case of waiting and seeing. But just on the midfield, the depth of it. Let's discuss the second half where we did see Winks and Wanyama because we had another question come in, and we'll go round to you this time, Jay. This is from Dustin at Debo nineteen eighty. Who says, "What are your thoughts on the Winks Wanyama midfield in that second half?" I feel Danny has become a first choice left back as well. What's your thoughts? Looking forward to the review and the Barcelona preview. Thanks, Dustin. Let's get your thoughts. So, firstly, uh, Jay, just on that midfield of Winks and Wanyama, does that work, do you think? Um, it works when they're both fully fit. I mean, we've not seen the best of Wanyama for going on, you know, a season, a season and a half now. He's constantly breaking down with injuries and never getting back to his uh, recoverable state that he delivered in his first season. Uh, Winks, I think, will come back good. He has had a really difficult ankle injury, it's been well documented. Um, but I imagine he'll come back to, to deliver in the performances like he did against Real Madrid home and away last season. Um, as a first-choice midfield, that would be a no for me. I still, on paper, my first-choice midfield when they're playing well would be Dembele and Eric Dyer. Um, but to have those options of two more international players uh, shows the quality we've got in the squad. That's it really does, doesn't it, at the moment? You've got to say, the, the quality in the squad we've got is great. Obviously, we've talked about our depth. We still want to see that grow. Let's talk a guy, though, that is defying the word depth in terms of the goalkeeping department at the moment. And that is, of course, Paolo Gazaniga. Third game on the trot. Where Let's start with you, Abby, because I'm sure you want to have your sound Gazaniga. If only for his looks, <laughs> Gazaniga is. Honestly, at the moment, I think the ladies are falling in love with this guy every time he opens his eyes. And third game in succession, he's made some crucial saves at pivotal times as well. Now, while we may not be up to Loris's standards at the moment, Abby, we've no doubt found Spurs here our most capable deputy for him, haven't we? I absolutely love him. <laughs> love it's him. football or his <laughs> looks or both. <laughs> and he's, he's not even about his look. He's a very good-looking guy, don't get me wrong. But I absolutely love him. I think I think what was so frustrating is, obviously, Michelle Vaughan has always been our number two for however long now. Um, and, I mean, you'd have to go back quite a way or pick out that one random game where Michelle Vaughan has kept a clean sheet. Now, I'm not his biggest fan. I don't hate him. But I always thought, if you've got a third-choice keeper that's young, he's agile, he's... You know, he's, he obviously doesn't want to be a third-choice keeper for his whole life, whereas Michelle Vaughan has been a second-choice keeper pretty much, mm. always, apart from apart from at Swansea. But That's right, I, in, in, in the games I've seen him play, he's pulled, he's pulled off some great saves, and he's very nice to look at, and I have no problem with him staying in goal for the foreseeable future. Obviously, when Larice is back, I mean, to be honest with you, Larice's distribution is sometimes very, very suspect. So having someone mm. push him and actually challenge him to be a better player, I know he's our captain and whatever, but still, it's always good to be pushed um so yeah I mean, i'm all for it i think he's he's definitely cemented himself as number two in my opinion going forward um but yeah i mean hopefully having a great game on wednesday can just mm. prove, prove prove he's definitely not a third choice and should be considered for first sometimes mm. we spoke about kazaniga's age because he's, he's certainly not young i think 26 27 i mean you'd say now at that age you want to be playing somewhere in the first team and back to the game at the weekend he made a flying save to push around in benza's curling effort you know while there's only going to ever be, John, coming around to you, one Gaza, this Gaza Niga's doing a sterling job continuing that legacy of the name, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he, he certainly is, yeah. I think he looks like he drinks a little less than all, which is a good thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, mate, he's, he's been a bit of a, he's been a revelation, I think. Yeah, he's, one, he's been yeah. a, a, a definite bright spot so far this season. You know, <clears throat> all, all, we, all we had to go on really was last season's game against Crystal Palace where, I'm sorry, he weren't mad in a match that day. <laughs> he, was, he was shaky as you like. But, you know, like I say, a bit of a revelation. I think he's, he's obviously proved an able deputy. I think, you know, to win a penalty shootout 
in the, in the League Cup for us. And, uh, you know, he's made, he's made crucial saves in every game he's played in so far. And he's definitely capable. Like you say, mm. 26. I think he's, he's, to be fair, that's not old for a goalkeeper. But, you know, he's five years younger than Hugo. So, say he gets another, I don't know, two, three years as his understudy, maybe hopefully we'll be uh, having a handsome Argentinian two of them in, in <laughs> as, as part of Tottenham. But, well, three if you include our, our Lamella. But, yeah, no, listen, he's, he's been superb. And I think the one thing that we always have always worried about over the last four years, five years, when Larissa's has not played, is let's be honest, who's ever had hundred percent total? That's the thing, uh, isn't it? Yeah, confidence in Vaughan, because I haven't. No, hey, listen, no. He, he, yeah, he's pulled off some. You know, he's had some good games. I remember that amazing save he made against Liverpool at White Hart Lane, where right, I think yeah. Coutinho was about eight yards out. He saved with his foot. But then I also remember him letting one bobble over him at White Hart Lane against Leicester City in the cup. So there's always <laughs> for, for every good, there's been a bad so far. I think with Vaughan and Touchwood. With Gazaniga, <laughs> so far there hasn't been, and I'm, I've, I've just—he's going to chuck one in against Barcelona. How silly! Oh, don't, John. Well, there is reports Loris may be fit for that game, and um, so we'll discuss whether we're going to stick or twist with Gazaniga. But at the moment, he's most certainly, you know, giving Tottenham fans. Oh, he's given us—he's given us—he's been brilliant for us, hasn't he? Over these last couple of games, and let me come round to you, Jay, because I, I can't believe on Twitter I saw some of the people out there still saying they think that Pochettino may stick with Vorm. Um, because overall they think his game is still better than his. His kicking is what Gazaniga has been levelled at him that's still not great. But I think, you know, bear in mind, Jay, this guy's been thrown into three games. You know, thrown into them. Can we analyse it that deeply? For me, I still feel much more comfortable. And I'm sure our defence does from what we've seen at the moment with Gazaniga behind them than what they do with Vaughan from what we've seen this season. Yeah, I've got, I've got to be honest with everyone here. I've got to eat a massive slice of humble pie on Gazaniga. I mean, when we signed him, I uploaded the picture of the Tottenham riots, sent it to Spurs. <laughs> I'd, I'd seen this guy play at St Mary's. We oh, went down there dear. and beat him 2-0. Uh, three, three years ago, beat mm. Southampton and 2-0. And I mean, one of the goals Ali scored, he literally stood next to him from no, about a yard out and just yeah, rolled it past yeah. him. And I thought, who the fuck is this guy? You know? oh, um, he's, he, uh, and people say, oh, he's not happy to be a number three. He sat on the bench at Southampton for three years behind a 36-year-old Kelvin Davis mm. and Fraser Forster. Um, so I think he quite likes the chilled life a little bit. Uh, but maybe this taste for playing will get his appetite up and he want to start you know, challenging to be a number one, number two. Mm. Um, I've got to say, uh, Vorm, until this season, I was quite a big fan of Vorm. But I mean, when he's played, I've just had no confidence in him whatsoever. I think now he'd be better saved just for a tear-up like at Stamford Bridge a couple of years back when he was straight involved from the substitutes bench. Um, so hopefully we keep him in some sort of coaching capacity. Um, he is 36 now. Um, so I do expect Gazaniga to become the permanent number two from next season. I've been really pleasantly surprised with him. OK, fair enough. There you go, Gazaniga. There's much love for him. We're going to bring it on to discuss if he starts against Barcelona in the big game on Wednesday night, guys. We're going to bring that to you very, very soon. Can I just add... Cracking stat from over the weekend. A couple of them. Firstly, that's for Spurs now. We've only lost just two of our last 15 Premier League away games, winning 10 of those matches. Now, who remembers the time when Tottenham couldn't buy an away win all those years ago? John, I'm sure you know more than me. The 90s, John. God, a, night, a win away was almost like we won the lottery, wasn't it, John? We never had many of them. <laughs> Mate, I remember. I remember. I remember one specifically <clears throat> against Wimbledon at, at Sellers Park when we won 6-2 and it Basically kept us in the Premier League, right. so yeah, yeah we've yeah. come a long way. We don't get many, and also another great stat, especially because it's against Liverpool as well, that Spurs' double winners of 11 straight wins from the start of the season is safe for Alicia another year with Liverpool's failure to win at the weekend against Chelsea. They did score a late goal, of course, but yeah, that record is safe for yet another season. 
guys, let's discuss then the Carabao Cup draw. Now, I've got to be honest with you guys, I nearly forgot where this draw was on. It was on Quest, if anyone was even wondering about it. Saturday night, <laughs> everyone was probably out of their faces going out of an evening. And you're asked to switch on to Quest TV to watch the Carabao Cup draw in the middle of absolutely nowhere. And then we find out Spurs have gone and drawn West Ham in the Cup. So another big, big game. The chance for revenge. Abby, let's come round to you firstly. They're already getting carried away, Abby. It's their three cup finals in a season for them, so they're delighted. Just the two <laughs> extra games against us. What do you make of it? We, we seem to like having West Ham in the cup I know, don't recently. We? Mm. we seem to. Um, like you said, it's another chance for revenge. I said earlier, I think we should start taking cups more seriously, um, as I don't think we're going to be winning the league this season. I could be wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. But, um, yeah, I think we should start taking them seriously. So it's a chance for revenge. It's, it's a chance to really put something into it. In, in previous years, I don't think Pochettino has put much effort into the Cups. He's come out and openly said that he doesn't really value them very highly. I think he said it last year or the year before. Um, but like we all said earlier, we'd all like to win some silverware. This team is getting older um, and it would be a travesty if we never won something. So I think it's about time that we put some effort into it. I agree with that. Totally. Totally agree with that. And coming round to you there, Jay. So, you know, West Ham away, as we've said, the perfect opportunity to surely get revenge for that absolutely humiliating defeat last season. Jay, well, you don't need me reminding you, letting that two-goal lead slip in, you know, really embarrassing fashion. We've got to put it right this time, haven't we? Yeah, well, you know, we were actually playing West Ham in the league, I think, nine or eight days before that. Great point. Yeah. And I'd imagine that will, that will be our first team on that day. Mm. Obviously, you know, you know, we know what he's like now. He's been with us for four years. He will prioritise that league game 100%. And when we play West Ham away in the League Cup on that Tuesday, Wednesday night, it's going to be Fernando Llorente up front pumping long balls to him. <laughs> and it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a hard night's work because West Ham will play their first team. They haven't got anything to go for in the league apart mm. from staying up. <laughs> so they'll be going for that in front of their fans. They'll really be going for that. They'll play their complete strongest team. And it'll be oh, against, okay. you know, I expect one Foyth will play. Um, Harry Winks, one Yama, Lorenzo. Nkudu, won't see maybe. Our strongest yeah. team. No, no, no. No Nkudu. No Nkudu, OK. <laughs> no, no, never, never. He's made never, his mind up on that one. Never again. Joe is actually part of the squad on Saturday. Travelling squad, that was. I think it was him and Carl Walker-Peters were actually part of it. Was you aware of that? Yeah, they had him selling programmes outside. <laughs> Got to put into some use. Oh, John. Oh, dear. Fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Just on the game itself, uh, let me come back round to you, John. Mannings, that is. Because, you know, with Spurs and Man City now, um, I think it's a case where we could be facing playing four games in eight days or nine days, respectively, after, like I say, both of the clubs progress to the round four of the Carrow Cup, you know, which is going to be playing the 30 to the 31st of October. We've got a mad period, John, coming up in October, haven't we? Certainly have, and I think there's a, is a. I know there's two weeks off, so there's an international yeah. break again. I, I imagine, yeah. So, yeah, it's already a pretty packed schedule between uh, Cardiff and West Ham in the league. There's two weeks, so yeah, it's um, it's hope that uh, a lot of international managers are uh, are kind to us, shall we say, and leave leave some more of our players at home than we'd like to go. But yeah, listen, the thing is, the thing is with us, we've seen it before. We see it every Christmas, pretty much. I don't want to jinx it, but. When that happens, we, it seems to bring out the best in us, and we get on. If, especially when we get on a roll, one thing that this Tottenham team is good at is, is when the momentum is with us, generally it will stay with us for quite a long time. And like I said, like we said after we lost against um, Watford, I think it's one of them where we're pretty good at um, not losing two on the bounce. I think it's only happened once in the last four and a half years, and I think it's, it's because, you know it's because we get on a roll and we are a good team. I think we, we, too often people actually forget that we are one of the best teams in the league. Mm. And I'm not, I, honestly, mate, I'm not worried about it. You see, nowadays, 
<clears throat> all the technology and science that goes into recovery and stuff, you'll hear the ex-players talking about playing on muddy pitches with heavy boots and heavy balls. And it's just, it's a different world nowadays. I think everything will be done and is done to make sure that these players are ready to play. And, and let's be honest, you get players, you know, they get for a lot of games nowadays. Oh, of course, yeah. And if you're a professional footballer, ultimately, you don't want to be playing for West Ham. <laughs> Fantastic. I love that. I've got to cap that because, one. That's brilliant. Because <laughs> they get one game in Europe each year, which is Cardiff away or Swansea away, depending on who's in the Premier League. Oh, and so God. these players obviously want to be playing. They want all these games. Because, you know, to, to attract the best players, you, you, you've got to be in Europe. You've got to be playing in the Champions League, mm -hmm. Europa League at least. And so they obviously want this. You want to pack schedule as a, as a footballer because it gives you the, plat you know, the biggest platform on which to perform and show how good you are. And I think these players, they're at Tottenham for a reason because they're ambitious and they want to play all these games. I would be, if I was a player, I would much rather play games than train, put it that way. Oh, so the it. fact that we'll have a little yeah. more training, a little more game game time to play, also means a lot of our players who haven't had starts or many starts so far this season will almost definitely get a shot. So it's good for the squad. It's good for the harmony. It keeps everyone happy. And I think you know we'll come out of it all right. I think we'll go into November in very, very good shape. I agree. And I say big game. And guys, I think you've had all the laughters tonight. So far, it's been a comedy. It's been absolutely brilliant. We've absolutely loved it. Great guests so far. So let's bring it on to discuss then Barcelona. A big, big game in the Champions League that we're building up to now. There's nerves. There's excitement. I can already feel John's from the start of the show. Abby's <laughs> as well. And of course, Jay. So let's discuss it in more detail. So... Obviously, team news, we're going to bring it into play now. So this is a reminder, guys. We're recording this on a Monday evening. So this is how things stand right now. This is obviously the, before that Pochettino has had. He's, he's obviously going to have a, a pre-match press conference against Barcelona where injury statuses may change. So we'll tell you as things are at the moment. So from the weekend, Pochettino confirmed that both Vertonghen and Dembele have picked up knocks against Huddersfield and now doubts for the game. Deli Ali is definitely ruled out. He's definitely ruled out facing them. And on Ali, Pochettino says, I don't know in terms of when he'll be back because he re-injured the same muscle that he got when it was playing away with England against Spain. This is the problem that is now so important to be relaxed and calm. Well, what about you guys? I'm trying to be relaxed and calm, but I, you know we're going to miss Deli Ali. We, we are really going to miss him. And Abby coming round to you. I mean, many will say we're playing Barcelona at not a bad time because they go into this clash... Winless in three games. I think they've only managed to sneak a draw at the weekend against the bottom of the table, Atletico Bilbao. What do you make of yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think we have to try and capitalise on it. I mean, just how, um, you know, obviously Inter did when we played them a few weeks ago. They probably saw that we weren't on a great run of form. Confidence a bit shaky. I mean, I know we're talking about Barcelona here and not us. <laughs> um, but, I mean, we'll <laughs> take anything. We'll take any advantage that's going, especially with our current oh, um, injury, injury list. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Look, I, per personally, I don't have any expectations for Wednesday. Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm obviously very excited. I'm buzzing for it. But I don't have expectations. So, I'm not thinking we're going to go there and win. I'm not thinking we're going to go there. I don't have a feeling mm. either way. And usually, I do have some type of feeling. Like last season against Juventus, if you would have said to me, are we winning that game? I would have said 100%. And obviously, it didn't happen that way. Um, but no one would have called that a half time. So, sometimes when you've got injuries, it's, it's actually a blessing in disguise. I know it sounds funny to say, but mm. the players that usually wouldn't play sometimes play and they play well and they're you're like wow that's the spark you've been missing the spark you've needed so let's just hope that even though it is a massive loss not having Delhi and we'll see about the Tonkin Dembele whatever um 
that we'll be able to pull something out of the bag. And even if we get a draw, I'd be delighted with the draw, obviously, at home. Um, do we know if Ericsson's fit? Has he recovered? Again, his, reports again, well, obviously, Monday night we're recording here. There are reports that Spurs are confident that Ericsson and Lloris will be available to play. But again, I suppose, dependent on Pochettino's press conference and what he says, which I would imagine is tomorrow, that he could very much shoot those down. So, I mean, that, obviously, we'll have to wait and see. You mentioned there, Abby. It's a very good point that you mentioned about Barcelona's form, as we've discussed. I want to bring you into play here, Jay, that with Barcelona, I think it's just two points out of their last three league games. And even Messi's come out and said, you know, ahead of the game, that they can't be conceding goals in every game. They have to get better. I think that the goal they conceded the weekend was the eighth they've conceded so far this season. And Barcelona are known to be, you know, a fairly good side defensively. They rested Messi, as we discussed at the weekend. You know, they were out, Samuel and Titi, Roberto going into this one, and Malcolm. Is this the perfect time to be playing them, Jay? Or is there even a perfect time to play Barcelona in reality? Yeah, I don't think you can ever say it's a perfect time to play any team that includes Lionel Messi, Coutinho and Suarez. <laughs> uh, I mean, these guys, these South American boys can just turn it on at any moment. Mm. Uh, they've got moments of magic in their feet. Um, so that's something you've always got to be wary of. But, um, you know, at Wembley, as we saw with Real Madrid last year, we can beat anybody. When, when, it, when it's behind us, they've got 90,000 fans in there. Um, you know, uh, beating them without... Deli Ali and Ericsson is going to be a push. We need Ericsson to pass that fitness test oh, and do. play, if I'm being honest with you, mm. if we're going to get a result. I mean, look, if we get a draw, to me, that's a very good point because I, I want to anxiety some fears people are having. People are saying, oh, if you lose on, on Wednesday, you're out and all this sort of stuff. It's totally not right. I mean, when we play PSV twice, it's when Barcelona are going to be playing into Milan twice. That's a good point. You'd, you'd bet on Barcelona to win both those games. If we can win at PSV, we're suddenly looking good again. It comes down to us beating Inter at home, which I, you know, and see us doing. Yeah. Um, so so it's, it's not do or die on, on Wednesday. But, you know, Barcelona's form is a bit worrying. Missing in City seems to be a big loss for them. He's a real leader at the back and he's really taken the, the fold from where Mascarano, uh, when he left, has, has done so for Barcelona. So uh, it is something we need to take advantage of. I think we need to show our power and physique in our play. And I'm going to surprise everyone here. Cool. I think that mm. Sissoko might be in for a start. I think that's going to be Pochi's surprise. Mm. I think Sissoko is a ball. Surprise! Are we always being excited by that? As a ball carrier, and just someone to hold up the, with his size and physique, I can see him slotting into that middle of the midfield next to possibly Dembele or hopefully Ericsson Dembele uh, and just using his physique and frame to carry the ball forward. I'm not saying he's going to do anything with it when he does, but just to <laughs> hold possession for us and keep the clock ticking and moving. It's funny you say that, Jay, because the way our injury crisis at the moment, I thought we are going to line up with Vorman Sissoko in midfield. <laughs> oh, I'm absolutely Christ. dreading it I know, I know, right That's one that you wouldn't expect to hear uh, We'll have to wait and see Again, guys, so many questions in on Barcelona John, only right to come round to you To kick off the questions for this one And this is a big one And we're all going to have a view on this one Because it's the one that maybe some of us don't really want to answer Spurs Logic, at its Spurs Logic says Who plays in goal against Barcelona? John, over to you Well, if Lloris is fit, he plays He's, a, he's our captain He's one of the best keepers in Europe For me, as much as well as Gazaniga has done, it's a no, it's an absolute no-brainer for me. There's, there's no, there's no doubt whatsoever in my mind. Also, I just want to say, John, I hope the, uh, I hope you, no one's, you're not doing a secret Santa for anyone this year. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can keep your surprises, mate. <laughs> Let me come round. Uh, let's go back to you then, Abby. So this is a big one, this one, because in terms of the, the, the team lineup, in goal for you, you going Gaza, or you going Larice if fit. I mean, I have to kind of agree. If he's fit, then obviously I would go with Lloris. But it really depends how fit. 
it, mm. it really depends how fit we're talking. If it's like a makeshift, like we're trying to make him fit and he's not fit and he can't pass it out from the back or he can't kick a ball, then I'd rather have Gaza. But no, of course, if yes. he's if, if he's genuinely fit, then yeah, you, you'd have to stay. So he starts, of course. Mm. Just so everyone knows out there, when we're saying Gaza, we're not expecting the old Gaza to be ruled out for this one. We do appreciate it will be Gaza Niga. Just to be absolutely clear. You, ne- you, ab- you never know. You never <laughs> know. You, ne- know you never know. I mean, strange things have happened at Spurs. We have, we have had ex-players back before. Just on ex-players, Van der Vaart's made some great comments this week. Honestly, Van der Vaart, if we could give him an extra pair of legs, I'd still have him out there. Honestly, what an absolute legend. Um, Jay, let me come back round to you then. Oh, we've got to ask you, Jay. In the goal then, who are you going to go for? Gazaniga or Lloris if fit? If fit, I suppose he's Lloris. Yeah, Lloris for me, any day of the week. He's a world-class keeper, one of the best keepers in the world. Um, and he's, an, he's our captain. We need his leadership skills out there mm. in a big game like this where it's going to come down to small, fine margins. So I'm going with Lloris every day. OK, stick in with you, Jay. Question from David Lynch at David Lynch 333. He asked, will Yabi fit? Well, we don't know that yet, David. He says, who replaces Deli Alli? Three or four at the back, all at attack or cautious? God, he's, he's filling all the boxes there, Jay, isn't he? What, <laughs> what do you think? I feel like I'm back at work. Oh, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Eric Lamella to come in for Ericsson. Okay. I'm going to go with a back four on this occasion. Back four, okay. Uh, so I'm going to go, yeah, I, I don't know on Vertonghen. I've got more faith in Dembele being fit than Vertonghen. Okay. And if that's the case, I'm going to go with Sanchez and Alderweireld at the back. Right. And you're going to you're gonna have to refresh my memory on the other questions from the dissertation. So the goalkeeper, you're saying... <laughs> you're, <laughs> so you're saying Lloris and go with fit, right? Yeah, 100%. OK, no problem at all. That's absolutely fine. OK, I think that was it. Midfield, who are you going to go for? I'm going midfield. Well, do I if we, if we've got a midfield. <laughs> you have to throw your surprise in there, Jay. You've already said it. Right, I'm going Lamella, Sizoko, Dembele, Mora, Sun. OK. Mm. Interesting. Abby, I can hear you. You're not sure at all about this, are you? I can hear <laughs> no, you no, no, no. Like, do you know do you what? Think? I actually, I just, I don't even think he's wrong. I can see it happening. Yeah. I, I can see him playing Zoko. You said it's I told you. Yeah, yeah. I can see it. Merry Christmas. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a Christmas present. Right. Come early. <laughs> no, it's like the shittest surprise ever. Um, but do you know what? He's he's done it before, and I actually, and to be fair to the kid, I, I've seen him play. I've seen him play worse well, he than what he's played in... last year. Abby, you can't forget Sissoko played against Real Madrid away. No, he he, he did. Right. He he did play. He did. I was there. I was shocked, yeah. just like everyone else. Everyone was panicky. But do, do you know what? <laughs> he did. He was he was fine. And I I do agree. I can actually I can see him playing. And I also second your second your team. I think I would have gone with the same as well. To be fair, um, but let's hope if he does play and it's a surprise, it's a nice. Surprise, pleasant, mm, pleasant, pleasant surprise. Hey, listen, if we yes. get a win, it'll be the best surprise ever. And it's a psycho hat trick incoming. Surely it's a masterclass. What we got to worry about? Could you, ima- could you imagine? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I just think I wouldn't have money on it if that was the case. It's worth a fiver. There must be some great odds out there, guys. Must go and check them out. John, going to come round to you. <laughs> Janet Ilias says, "How should we set up against Barcelona? Defensive, counter attack, or be brave and attack them? Their results recently have been poor. He's got a point." I think you know, as as uh, John just said, I'd go with a back four. I think I do think that it, playing we're playing with a back three, and uh, only two in the central centre of midfield. It, it can be you know we could be inviting them on a bit too much. And you don't really want to do that. I think what's going to be key to to us winning is being able to peg them back, pin them back, and trying to keep the ball away from uh, Osman Dembele and obviously Lionel Messi. And I think the only way we could do that really is not go gung ho about it, but we've got to show some ambition. We've got to make their defenders work for their money. Because obviously, you know, we've got, we, in terms of attack, we've got we've got players to be feared in there. We can play any 
combination of three or four different players who we've got available up the top of the pitch. So you know they're going to scare them. You know they're going to want to play higher up the like. You know they push their fullbacks up. Jordi Alba on one side. I, I imagine it would be Semedo on the other side as Sergio Roberto is injured. So they like to go forward, and they're definitely not going to play over back three. They're going to they're going to they'll play four three three as they always do. And I think that could be the key. Having raw pace <clears throat> going at their two centre halves, especially if their fullbacks are caught out of position, could be the key for us. And also, I want to say, <clears throat> if you if you look back, and I know um, Abby's just said about Sissoko's monumental performance in the Bernabeu. Abby, as you said, see... monumental, right? That's the word you use, monumental, yeah? That, that was exactly it. That was exactly <laughs> it, yeah. I, I'm not disagreeing. So if you look back over the years at our, our best performances in the Champions League, it's often been with a, not a full strength 11. If you consider when we when we um, beat Inter Milan at White Hart Lane with that, uh, you know, the team of Van der Vaart and Modric, we had Kudicini in goal. <clears throat> we had Galas and Kabul at centre-half. Tom Huddleston was captain that night. When we played Real Madrid away, we had Sissoko, Lorente, who often figures of fun, you know, according to most of us. And even when we played Real Madrid at, at Wembley, we had uh, Winks and Dyer in central midfield, playing against Kroos, Modric and Casemiro. And we came out on top in that one as well. I just think that there's something there's something extra special about them Champions League nights that really, you know, it gets us going and it, it seems to get the players going as well. And when there's a, a touch of adversity as well, or maybe an expectation that we don't get a result, quite often we do. So point, yeah. I'm I'm very hopeful for Wednesday. Very hopeful. Do you share John Stickham with you just Jay's optimism that a draw is still a good result for us. I know it sounds crazy because we're playing Barcelona, but because of the way we lost that game at Inter, in the space of five minutes, we, fr- we threw it away. Is a point still a decent result, do you think, under the circumstances that we're playing Barcelona? Absolutely. I think if, if we take a if we take a point from Barcelona, it, it doesn't mean then that... Because you'd expect Inter to beat PSV, so it doesn't leave us with zero points and two teams above us with six points. And I do agree with John. I don't think it'd be over if that does happen, but it just... Leaves a mountain to climb, doesn't it? Then you've got this pressure on the games against PSV home and away, and there's massive pressure on Inter Milan at Wembley or where it might be played. So, mm. yeah, listen, it is it is important. Unfortunately, because of the way the the game at the San Siro ended, there is a little bit more on this than the normal. But I would hope that because it's the second match day, it's, there's nothing nothing's going to be decided on Wednesday night. It's it's not like it's do or die, and I think that 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 you know that helps us in in a way, and we can perhaps play a little bit more freedom and like I say really express ourselves because if you're a player these are the games you want to be playing in and let's hope that a few of them make their mark on Wednesday Fingers crossed Well let me come back round to you Jay because you've offered some insight tonight that's for sure Tom Parker at T Parker Official says can we now accept that the green kit should be worn for all of our games I think we're the last two in it <laughs> Jay what are you saying on this one? <laughs> Another one I'm going to have to be humble pie on. I hated the green kit uh, when it came I out. I agree with you, Jay. We're, we're starting to you. like it. Oh, is it growing on people you? Like, you know, it's growing on me big time. When you see Lamella <laughs> celebrating with the fans, and, you know, all that stuff, it's really growing on me, mate. Now it's the green kit. And now, and now it's the green kit. Abby, what do you think of the green kit? Is it, is it start, are you starting to love it? I think it's absolutely hideous, but as long as we keep, <laughs> as long as we keep winning in it, uh, they can wear it all they like. Couldn't okay. care less. They can they can wear whatever. They can wear red for all I care as long as we oh, win it. Okay. Winning so it. Win the title, we accept that, Abby. Yeah, that's the only reason why. Yeah. We agree? Okay. Yes, exactly. Fair enough. And John, we know you love your kits. This green one, John, where you are on it? Have the kids got it? They have, mate. It's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> you know what it is? <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. You're going to sell it to me now, John, it. aren't you? Go on, you're going to sell it to me. Go on. <laughs> Do you know what really pleased me about the green kit is the fact that it's um, unique to us. Because one thing that we've had with Nike, even though I really like the Nike kits, there is that template element of it where everything's the same and you 
you pretty much you can see, you know, one team's kit if if yours hasn't come out yet, and you know what yours is going to look like. But obviously, with the green one, you know, we didn't see that coming, and I quite like that. I'm, I'm <laughs> no, telling you now, no one saw be, that coming. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 going to be one of those. Well, that's why it's got a map on it, Abby. It'll, you know, every little, <laughs> but, <laughs> that's why I'm telling you now. In 20 years' time, that will be a cult classic. Yeah, people reckon, will John? be wearing that. Like one of my favourite shirts is the yellow pigeon shit shirt from the early nineties. <laughs> At the time, that was everyone thought that was horrendous. But you see them a lot now, still on match days. Where's that I'm chocolate you, one, John? Twenty years the time, the chocolate one, the Fulham one. Do you remember that one, the, the four 0 up at Fulham? The, uh, me oh, going, the yeah, one. yeah. Oh, that was I nice. love that kit. Yeah. Love that kit. That was nice as well. But yeah, yeah. no, the, I'm talking about the yellow one. I think Aussie Our Dealers was the manager oh, okay. when we were wearing it. Yeah, it's yeah. got some funny pattern on the shoulder. But yeah, it, I'm telling you now, people. Like it's already pretty much sold out on the mm. on the online club shop. There you go. So pe- people are liking it. I think, to be honest, I think uh, especially my eldest, he's worn that most so far this season out of all of them, mm. and uh, it's it's gone down well in my house. To be honest, mate. Will it, will it beat on the uh, the classic Ian Walker rainbow shirt when the user can see? Goes used to smile after. Will it beat that one? <laughs> to, to be fair, with his barnet, he made it look good anyway, didn't he? So oh, we can yeah. forgive him. Oh, right, fair enough. We'll forgive him. Well, let's. Let's get some predictions in Barcelona. I know Abby's nervous, so I'll, I'll leave Abby to the end because I know she's kind of hesitating <laughs> about a prediction. But Abby, you have to give us one. I'm really sorry. It's customary to the show. You've got to do it. I'm going to have to put you on the spot. But I tell you, John, let's stick with you. Let's go first with you. Prediction, John. Big game. Barcelona under the lights at Wembley. What are you going for? 3 1 Spurs. All day long. 1 Tottenham. He's gone for it. Wow. Okay. Jay, come on. Let's have it. What are you going for? 1 1. 1 1. Okay. Respectable, Jay. Yeah, you'll take that point. You'll be delighted with that. I would. Who's scoring first, Jay? Coutinho. Okay. He likes a goal against us. Oh, he does, doesn't he? That's true. The, you know, then we'll, then we'll be up for it. We'll throw the kitchen sink at them. And Eric Lamella's going to pop up with another one. Eric Lamella. This guy, Lamella. We've, we've barely discussed him on the show, but Lamella, yeah, of course, rested, as we've said, for this one. That's how much Eric Lamella's grown in the space of, what, four or five games. Massive, massive game for him. You'd imagine he's going to start. And Abby, I tell you what, I'll do my first, Abby, to get it out of the way for you, so you've got a bit more time. <laughs> I'm going to go... I'm going to go 3-1 Spurs. I'm, I'm crazy. I think John has hypnotised me out. I'm going to go 3-1 Spurs, and I'm going to say Kane, hat-trick. There you go. Go and get that one. Ten, oh, ten, to, ten to one. Paddy Powell, I suppose it won't be ten to one. Might be a little less than that with Kane's goals recently. But go and, go and have a ten on it. Harry Kane, 3-1 Tottenham. I must be crazy, but who knows. Come on, Abby. We've, we've built up the suspense now. What God. are you going to leave us with? You know, I actually hate predicting. I actually hate it because I'm always wrong. Um, I think it'll be a draw. I think it could draw. even be something like 2-2. I think we could end up being 2-0 down and have a big comeback and fight back and just show some passion. So, going to go 2-2. OK, we'll take 2-2. Any, any positive results? Barcelona. It's Lionel Messi, as we've said. It's going to be a cracking show. Firstly, Abby, it's been a brilliant debut. It's been absolutely fantastic. We've loved having you on the show and I hope you'll come back on again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Oh, bless you. It's been a pleasure. How can people find you, Abby, if they don't know you already? I'm sure they must do. How can they find you on Twitter or wherever your social media is at? Tell us. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, do you know what? I don't even know what my thing is. That's awful. I tell you uh, what, I've got it here. Abby, I will read it out for you. It. There you go. I will read out Abby's handle just so we know. So you can follow Abby. Obviously, you're going to be tagged in the show as well, guys. You can follow her on. Hold on two seconds for me. I'm going to find it. Abby's handle is Abby underscore Summers. So you can find Abby on there, guys. Yes. Lovely. John, now coming around to you. John and Lily White Rose, that is, who's been called Jay for the most of the evening. I'm so sorry, John. 
People must want to follow you on Twitter, John. For me, it's one of the go-to accounts on Spurs. You cover so much of the academy. Where can people find you if they haven't already, John? Yeah, there's four of us that run the Lily White Rose account. Um, so Twitter is our, our only place at the moment. So that's at Lily White Rose. And any followers would be greatly appreciated. Lovely. Fantastic. And... Come on, John. I've got to give you a shout-out. John Manning's a regular on the last one on Spurs. He's been here from the very start. John, if no one's... Well, people know that you're on Twitter, but give him another shout-out. John, where can they find you? Come on. Don't follow me. Follow Spurs. <laughs> oh, Come on, John. Here he is. Oh, oh there he goes. Come on, John. What about all the laughter, the comedy? they got to find you, John. Where are you? Come on, tell us where you were at. I am on Twitter at J-O-N-T-H-F-C. Very easy. At... John THFC. Very easy. Guys, it's been a real pleasure of a show. Just before we leave you, a massive reminder that the last word on Spurs is going to be reviewing the Barcelona game this coming week. We're going to be live on Love Sport Radio on a different day of Thursday evening. So that's right. Thursday evening, it'll be myself on Love Sport Radio. Hopefully, Lee McQueen back on the show, along with Jamie from the Daily Hotspur. We're going to be discussing the fallout to Tottenham Hotspur's game against Barcelona. Hopefully, discussing a Tottenham win. So, just to let you know, guys, of those details, we should be on air between 7pm to 9pm in the UK. So, 7pm to 9pm in the UK. And, of course, you can call us during the show. Get in touch. Let's have your thoughts on all things Spurs. You can do that by calling us on the following number of... 0208 70 That's 0208 70 And of course, if you are calling from outside the UK, just simply stick plus 44 in front of it. Now, to listen to the show, you can do that in a couple of different ways. You can do that on DAB Radio by searching Love Sports. You can do that old school fashioned by looking on your radio for 558 AM. That's right, the AM station of 558. And, of course, the show is live on the Love Sport website and the app. Guys, have a wonderful week. Let's hope we're discussing a win against Barcelona in the Champions League. And, as always, come on, you Spurs. Network.